Al-Bayan Radio presents a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdi illa falamudillana. Wa man yudlil falantajida lahu waliya murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah. الأحد القهار وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Taala alone we seek his help his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah Taala guides there is no misguidance for him and he whom Allah Taala leads astray there is no guidance for him except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone and I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O oh, you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared and do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa hlul uqtatan min lisani yafqaw qawli. Alhamdulillah, today's lesson is the 34th hadith of this great book, the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah, and approximately we have eight hadith left. Yani from 42 uh, a hadith insha'Allah, so it's not long to go before we finish this book. Bi-idhnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to complete it, Ya Rabb. Now, this hadith is one of the, yani, the most important hadith on a communal level, and the rights between brothers and sisters in Islam. And in this is the rights of the community where it is upheld by one another and this concept that we are going to cover today insha'Allah is a very important one which is called Al-Amru Bil-Ma'roof Wal-Nahyu Al-Munkar Ordaining good and forbidding evil and the asal of this concept comes back to one hadith that is found in Sahih Muslim and not in Sahih Al-Bukhari it is the hadith of Abi Sa'id Al-Khudri عن أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من رأى منكم منكرا فليغيره بيده فإن لم يستطع فبلسانه فإن لم يستطع فبقلبه وذلك أضعف الإيمان رواه مسلم On the authority of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri رحمه الله رضي الله عنه May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him who stated I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم say when any one of you sees anything that is disapproved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let him change it with his hands. And if he is unable to, then let him change it with his tongue. And if he is unable to do so, then let him change it with that which is in his heart. And that is the weakest of faith. Now, this يعني, is a very, very important hadith. Inshallah, we'll be able to cover it today. In one lesson, bi-idhnillahi tabaraka wa ta'ala. So, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, we've taken his biography in a previous lesson, so we'll go straight into the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Man ra'a minkum, whoever from amongst you sees. Whoever from amongst you, yani all of the Muslims, man, woman, whoever is baligh, Whoever is of age and is able, this goes to every single Muslim. This is upon every single Muslim. And this is a tenant of one's faith 
And this shows the presence of Iman in one's faith. Inshallah, we'll get to it. But the Prophet ﷺ didn't say, whoever amongst you in power, or whoever amongst you from the men, or whoever amongst you with wealth, or whoever amongst you, no, whoever amongst you sees. Now, Ra'a over here, the scholars have a difference of opinion. What does Ra'a over here sees? Does he have to see it with his own eyes? Is that all that is covered? Or is it anything that he is sure of? There are two يعني, opinions. However, the more stronger opinion, Allahu Alam, is that it takes that which the person sees and that which the person knows of. That which the person sees and that which the person knows of. However, this comes with certain conditions. So that which the person sees is if you see something in front of you. Someone in front of you, for instance, is seeing someone hit a lady. Or someone amongst you sees that he is, for instance, saying something against the Prophet Things that are click up. Or someone amongst you sees someone watching something that is haram. Or someone sees that in his يعني, hand is something that is haram. He's taking an intoxicant, مثلا. Billah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and, family, and all of our families from such things. Now, over here, this is you seeing it in front of you. There's no, no doubt in the matter. That's the first thing. You seeing it. The second is if you hear something. يعني, for instance, you hear... Someone is screaming next door يعني, Or in front of you But يعني, you're not looking at it But it's on the street Someone is screaming And someone is attacking someone Something that is evil You hear it Right? But you haven't seen it with your eyes So over here This comes into it also Or if it is known That for instance In a certain place Some things happen And it's known It's known that in this place For instance It's a public area such and such evil takes place Then that also takes the ruling Wallahu alam. However what doesn't come into this Into this ruling Is that which is acquired through spying This doesn't come into effect So whoever sees an evil Because he is spying on someone This isn't part of the hadith Because the hadith that comes, I think it's maybe perhaps the next hadith of the Prophet ﷺ when he says, do not spy on one another. So if you are going through someone's mailbox and you're opening his bank statement and you're saying, ah, I found him, he does riba, I knew it. I knew it. He's, he's, I told you, it's too good of a house, he's a, he's a plumber. Right? Does this take ruling over here? He knows that he's taking riba. How did he acquire the information? Through spying. Or if someone is eavesdropping and he's trying to see what him and his wife is talking about, yani the person he's spying on, and he sees that they're, yani for instance, they're swearing in the house. Does this come into it? No, it doesn't. So over here, it's that which is seen in public or heard of in public or that which is in the public domain. Without you going out of your way, and saying, I'm going to find evil in this person so I can refute him and rebuke him. Everyone with us? Alhamdulillah. 
Then the Prophet وسلم, says Munkara When someone sees that which is evil And Munkar is that which is known in the Sharia of its evil That which is known of its disgusting nature That which is agreed upon that is wadah and bayin That which is apparent That which is clear cut That which doesn't have any doubt in it That is Munkar and this is something that now we understand that a person needs to know what is munkar. So what is the first and foremost point before doing anything is knowledge. Knowing what is munkar, what is evil in this religion. And it doesn't come back to what your heart deems to be evil. So for instance, currently if someone يعني, says that we live in the 21st century. We shouldn't talk about things that are going to ruffle feathers. We shouldn't talk about aqidah. We shouldn't talk about manhaj. This is something that is evil. It's breaking the community. People say this. Why are you splintering the groups? Why are you splintering the Muslims? We should be united. We don't talk about things that differ, differentiate between us. This is not true. This is not accurate. Because it doesn't come from the Quran and the Sunnah. It comes from whims and desires. If someone, for instance, hates يعني, polygamy, a man being allowed to marry more than one wife. In Islam, we know that it is not only permissible, some scholars allowed it to be encouraged. I'm not saying go brothers, do it. You guys are going to get me shot today. يعني, it is something that is accepted and known بالضرورة. It's known by default that this is something that is legislated in this religion I'm not talking about whether it's appropriate now here in this country If it's possible for you to do in a proper manner If you're able to do your rights in a proper manner I'm not talking about that But I'm saying if someone says that this issue in itself This being able to take more than one wife is evil If someone says if that is munkar Do we accept it from him? No because it's not coming from the Qur'an and the Sunnah It's coming from his whims and desires If someone says we live in the 21st century We shouldn't talk about jihad We shouldn't We shouldn't talk about, for instance, the things of the past Of the Prophet Sallallahu ghazawat The battles of the Prophet Sallallahu Or we shouldn't talk about the relationships that Islam has with the other religions For instance We shouldn't talk about, we should just worry about ourselves so This isn't munkar why do you say it's munkar? He's going to say, oh, because 21st century, we live in a modern world. We live in Australia. Why are we talking about these things? We don't go by what this bloke thinks it, it's true, what he thinks is evil. No, we go back to the Quran and Sunnah. We see what does it say is munkar? What does it say that is evil? And what does it say that it's pure? So we have to go back to the Quran and the Sunnah. We have to go back to the religion. It's that which is known in the Sharia, not which is known to people according to the whims and desires. Now, we came to a conclusion now Is that before one is able to see something that is evil He needs to know it's evil So the first and foremost thing that is important We have to go, it's building blocks now So you have to have knowledge You have to have knowledge And then you have to be able to see what is evil through your knowledge It's not just you've memorized it And you don't know how to use it in the real world Now Another issue here is 
that it needs to be a clear-cut munkar. Something that doesn't have any doubt in it. Something that is evil. Something that is clear-cut in its evil. So then, we have to understand that the matters of difference of opinion between the fuqaha is not included in this. Just because you take an opinion, doesn't mean that the other opinion that is also valid is munkar. That you don't rebuke someone for that. You have to allow difference of opinion when it's valid differences of opinion. Very important. And you have to know that certain things have been differed upon. So for instance, and it's always easier through examples. The matter of putting the hands after ruku' on the chest and not putting it by your sides. Right? This matter of putting the hands on your chest after ruku' And you say, Sami Allahu liman hamida To put your hands on your chest Now, some scholars are in the opinion That, like Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah Who says that if someone does it, it's okay If someone doesn't do it, it's okay If someone does it, just amr jawaz Just said that it's okay If someone wants to do it, he can do it However, other people have stated No, the person who doesn't do it it's, يعني, he's not following the sunnah of the Prophet And the way that they go about it As if they, they look at you and your prayer is incomplete Because you don't do this right? And if you say to the other side From one side You say to the other side That no brother It's just It's something that you can do It's not something that we say That it's encouraged Or we don't say from our side It's sunnah Because we don't do it This isn't supposed to create animosity between you this isn't something that needs to be rebuked now. No, it's discussion, dalil, it's evidences, scholarly discussion. This isn't something that you take and you try to make it bigger. Another issue is that someone might be ignorant upon the sharia of what is munkar and what is not. So for instance, something that is very common is that when someone prays with their shoes on outside in a, in a park for instance. Then someone will come up to him and say, brother, what are you doing? Why are you praying with your shoes on? Whereas he does not know because of his ignorance that this is the amr of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, a command of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has stated that the Jews and the Christians they don't pray with their shoes on, so be different to them and pray with your shoes on. So now you're following a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, a command of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but someone is saying, brother, why are you praying with your shoes on? He's trying to do al amr bil ma'roof wa nahi al munkar. He's trying to ordain the good and forbid the evil. Whereas this person doesn't have the knowledge where this is actually part of the sharia. Inshallah that's understood. There are so many examples. So many examples like for the adhan, there are different types of adhans. There are different types of adhans. There are three that are very, very يعني, widespread on how the adhan is supposed to be performed. Now if someone did an adhan that is also found in the sunnah and someone from the back says, what is this person doing? Or for instance, if someone reads in a recitation other than Hafs, and you see this every single time, you see this every single time. And something, and if someone reads in, for instance, any other recitation, it's like, why is he saying Maliki Yawmuddin? It's supposed to be Maliki Yawmuddin. Doesn't know, doesn't know his Fatiha, and he's reading and leading us in prayer. I went to New Zealand recently, and I was in a masjid, and we were travelers. And I, was, I had a lesson in one of the masjids And we prayed 
musafirin, we were travelers, so we cut the prayer in two and we told the rest to continue the prayer as the Prophet ﷺ did. So we prayed our two, and uh, after we had finished our prayer, and after I gave the lesson, finished the lesson, we had a little bit of a sitting, then someone comes up to me right at the end of the night. He's like, Shaykh, I need to speak to you, an old man. I thought he had some issue, personal issue, something, some drama. He's like, look, I want to talk to you about something serious. He's like, why did you do this? You know, would it, we'd be praying behind you, why couldn't you pray the full prayer? And I said, Habibi, this is a hadith of the Prophet where the Prophet came to a people who were not travelers. And then he prayed, and he prayed as a musafir, as a traveler. And he cut his prayer short. And then he stated at the end of his prayer, after saying, Salam, akmilu salatakum, fa'inna qawmun fi safar. Complete your prayers, because indeed we are a group of travelers. And that is exactly the statement that I said to you, I told the brother. I said it in Arabic, but I did it يعني, a favor and I translated it for you too. So if there's anyone who was not يعني, sure, we made bayan of it. And then he said, but would it have hurt you for you to complete your prayer? And he's still insisting after I tell him that it's the hadith of the Prophet It's the sunnah of the Prophet He's still insisting And I said yes it would have hurt me Why? It's because I'm opposing the sunnah of the Prophet I want to follow the sunnah of the Prophet And so this issue of trying to pull people up On things that are part of this religion Is something that is very prevalent But it is based on ignorance and not knowledge So the first and foremost key of ordaining good and forbidding evil is knowledge Know what's good and know what's not. That's the first thing. Then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says, "Falyugayirhu biyadeh." And when someone sees this evil, then let him the first and foremost is change it with his hand. And if not that, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Fa'in lam yastati' fabilisane." And if he is unable, then by his tongue let him change it. Now over here. This is something that is very important Is that these first two The Prophet ﷺ has conditioned it With the ability to be able to do so If you are unable If you are unable to do so Then do this So the first two Is conditioned With the ability to be able to do this change And now this is a very big topic. When is this changing by the hand, which means you change it immediately, directly. It doesn't necessarily mean you change it by your hand. You could kick it also. You could يعني, remove it in some other way. You could say something which it turns it off, for instance. You can do a lot of things, right? But when is this obligatory? Because this is wajib. This is يعني, this whole thing of Amr al-Ma'roof It's wajib, it's obligatory It's not something that you can choose to You can not choose to It's something that you have to But there are different levels of it Everyone must But there are different levels of what you're able to do So This is the Prophet saying Not everyone is able to change it with his hands And not everyone is able to change it with his, with his tongue So the first the scholars state Changing with the hands Is usually done by those who have the authority and power those who are in charge and those who are in ruling Either the, the kingship, the rulership, the governors, 
those who have the authority, the judges, they have the authority to change it directly. And also, the husband on his wife and the husband upon the children. You have authority in your home. You can do whatever you want in your house. So if you see that someone is يعني, looking at the haram on the TV, you change, you turn it off. If you see that someone is listening to you, you turn it off. If you see that someone is watching something that is haram, listening to things that even if they're not, it's not music, even if it's, for instance, things that are doubtful matters. يعني, today, the, I, يعني, it's, a, it's a war of concepts and ideas and doubtful matters. If you hear that someone is listening to someone who's going to place, for instance, a shak, a doubt on the يعني, wujud of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exist? Are you going to just say, ah, oh, I can't do anything? It's Australia, 21st century, can't do anything. doesn't work like that. You as a responsibility, you have as a father a responsibility to change what is in your household. If يعني, a brother upon the sister, a parent upon the child, this family, يعني, it starts at home. And where does it start? First and foremost is the person who sees it with himself. And this is something that is very, very paramount is that when you see evil that you're doing, you stop it straight away. You have the power to change it. It's in your hands. If you're doing dealings that are haram, if you're speaking to that which is haram, if you're doing whatever is haram, you know what it is. First and foremost, you have to start with yourselves. So you're seeing it. Whoever sees an evil doesn't mean munkar min ghair. No, it's not always from outside. Sometimes from inside yourselves. Who sees an evil inside of themselves, let him fix it. Let him change it straight away. But the Prophet ﷺ then said, if you're unable to, then by your tongue. So then what can sit, what is a statement, يعني, what is it that allows you not to be able to do something? What's the condition here? So the scholar said that if you are fearing, for instance, imprisonment, fearing being killed, tortured, fearing that your wealth will be usurped, fearing that bloodshed will happen to your family, your community, then upon you this isn't for you. You don't. It's not wajib upon you. This is now your your istita'a isn't there. You're not able to do it. So then it moves down to the tongue. And even that, yeah, and he's speaking a, a word of truth. Right? If you're unable to, because of these reasons, you're unable to because of fear of your health, your life, your livelihood, your fear of يعني, your community, that bloodshed will happen upon them. These things now, when you see this, then you have to look at, is the benefit going to outweigh the harm? And this is always what Amr al-Ma'roof wa Nahi al-Munkar comes back to. Harms and benefits. If you are able to get the benefit, and minimize the harm, then you do it. However, if the harm outweighs it, it could be haram for you to do this statement. It could be not permissible for you. And that is a very, very big topic. But if we do that, we won't be here. You know, you'll be here for a, a very, very long time. Now, what doesn't constitute, what doesn't constitute you being unable is if you just fear the people. There is a hadith in Muslim Imam Ahmad where the Prophet says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the person who did not command to good and forbid the evil why he didn't do it. And the person will say out of fear from the people. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, I am more deserving to be feed. I am more deserving to be feed. Yani, you didn't do it for any actual reason. You just didn't want them to see you in a light that was negative. This doesn't constitute as not being able. This does not constitute as not being able. So over here, we have to understand that yes, you will do some harm when you call to good and forbid the evil. But if it's just people saying things, if it's not actual harm, it's just maybe they might not talk to you, for instance. I mean, some random doesn't talk to you. Khalas, he might walk away. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. If the harm is minimal, like this, where someone's just going to see you, oh, you're too extreme. Khalas, too extreme. No worries. Does this constitute now this fear of the people? It doesn't constitute as you being unable now. It's still obligatory upon you. The scholars also state that we have to look at if there is a benefit even possible. <coughs> for instance, they say that if you know that there is no benefit for you to even call to this person or to tell this person to do this, and it's not going to take from you anyway, then upon you it's not. And you don't have to do anything. And you have to always make sure that there's going to be a benefit. You have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, remind if there is a benefit, if there is a benefit of the actual reminder. So if there is no benefit, for instance, you're going to write to someone and they're not going to take you anyway because you're a nobody. And you know that, for instance, some people, they've been talked to by people better than you. And you know that they're not going to accept from you, khalas. It's not upon you. Now, these are very, very important يعني, uh, statements. But the Prophet then وسلم, says, And if someone is unable to change it with his hand, someone is unable to change it with his يعني, tongue, then then he let him do it يعني, by his heart. Now, this the Prophet ﷺ didn't say if he is unable to do anything from his heart, let him do something else. So this is, the Prophet ﷺ says, this is the lowest point of Iman. This point here is the mandatory upon all three. And يعني, you have to change it through your heart through three things the scholars have stated. First, you hate it. You hate the action. The second is you don't want it. And the third is you're not around the people or you don't want to be around the people that is there, that are doing this evil. Three things of hating something from your heart, changing it with your heart. Now, <clears throat> the actual heart, the statement over here is that this is obligatory for every single person to hate that which is munkar, that which is evil. And if someone does not hate it, this is the dangerous part. If someone doesn't hate the munkar, that which is evil. The Prophet ﷺ says, hating that which is evil is the lowest point of iman. Which means that if you do not hate it, you have no iman left. If you don't hate the evil, this is a sign of the lack of iman in your heart. And this is dangerous. Now this is very, very dangerous. The person who does not, I just want to say it again. The person who does not hate the munkar, that which is evil, if he doesn't hate it, 
it is a sign of the lack of iman in his heart that his heart is devoid of iman and this is something that is very dangerous if something is clear cut in its hurm, in, in its evilness in its fuhsh in its evilness whatever is there and you don't hate it you want it deep down inside you praise it deep down inside you crave it deep down inside and you honor it deep down inside you honor it deep down inside this shows that your heart is in a very very dangerous place we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection ya Rabb. so the person who does this is in this state he needs to come back to two things he needs to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and foremost in repentance and then he needs to go back onto the adillah the, the, the evidences of that which is evil in this religion he needs to remind himself of all of these punishments of the person who does such and such sin and that this is forbidden in Islam and he has to go back to the actual evidences and the texts and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection now the heart itself is something that is very very important Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an he was it was said to him that the person who does not call unto good and forbid the evil surely he has perished halak he's gone the person who doesn't call unto good and forbid the evil Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an says no the person who has perished is the one who does not know in his heart that which is munkar that which is evil The person who is truly perished Is the one who doesn't know what evil is to begin with in his heart And this is something that is very very important Is that your heart needs to know what is evil And your heart needs to be upright in hating it Now There are certain things over here That needs to be said About this last piece of advice of that, For instance you have to leave the majlis If there is something there that you hate, right? Something there that is evil. So, for instance, yani I'll give you one of the most easiest examples of today. Someone goes to a wedding today in Sydney, in the area, Emporium. Huh? And it's a mixed gathering, and there's music, and there's tabarruj. Women uh, undress, makeup, whatever it is. Is it permissible for this person to sit here? Is it permissible for a person to sit in that gathering? No. No. However, if he is able to go there and change it by his hand, for instance, he's the father of the groom, and he's able to switch it off, put a partition in between, throw hijabs around, or cover it off completely so no one sees, khalas. Make sure that the people that are going inside are women only giving the plates, mathalan. And over here, it's obligatory for him to go. It's obligatory for him to go, to change this munkar. Or if someone knows that if he goes there and he speaks to the groom and the bride and says, you don't want to start your, your wedding in this way, your lives in this way, half of your religion now is complete. You don't want to start your life now, with the sins of every single person here on your back, because it's on their backs. And this is a message to anyone who is holding these types of يعني, events. It goes to the people who are going to these events, and it goes to anyone who is hosting these events. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us, but this is a very, very, very dangerous affair. 
the person who is organizing this upon him is the sins of every single person who does that, who goes there and, and listens or sees or is engaged in some sort of evil. Upon his neck is there. He has share of the sin. He has made it يعني, possible for them to do this. Now, the person who knows that if he goes there and gives a statement, he's unable to, he can't go and turn it off because he knows they'll throw him out. But he knows that if he goes there, they will respect him. And they'll say, خلاص, no worries, done. We'll change it. We'll switch it off, put the partitions, hijabs, niqabs. And they know that that will happen, right? Then it's upon him is also obligatory to go and change it. Now the third is the person who can't change it with his hand, can't do anything about it with his tongue. He knows that these people, the يعني, modernists, they're on some sort of يعني, other opinion. And they're free mixing, no hijab, nothing. It's not permissible for him to even enter. It's not permissible for him to enter. To go and put yourself in the middle of a club is not permissible by you saying, oh, it's Salat al-Rahim. My brother's there. My father's there. It doesn't matter. Mahma can. Even if it's your own brother's wedding, you're not allowed to go. I'm just, يعني, clear cut. If there is evil like that, music, mixed gathering, Tabarruj, beautification being displayed, it is not permissible to go to an event like that. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. Now if the person is there and he's sitting there and he's enjoying the food and he's, يعني, he's saying, oh, I hate it in my heart, it doesn't count. You're not supposed to be there. You're not supposed to be there. You have to leave. Now, Shaykh Uthman Khamis, Hafizahullah, he was telling a story, brothers to Kuwait, who, whenever they go, inshallah, they can send us, send our salams. Uh, but he was narrating a story of one time there was a, a wedding, and the, the sheikhs went, and they sat down on the table, it was all fine, until the food came out, then the yani, dancers came out, the music started, when they were putting out the asha, when they were putting out the dinner. And imagine, imagine that, oh my God, it's so good until now. The food came. <laughs> So then they, they stood up and left. And they were saying, what's happening? Why are you guys leaving? And it's like, it's haram. It's a woman, music, woman. It's not permissible for us to be here. So they left. And he said, and the next day, that same person, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had willed it, that he went onto a plane, and the person, one of the persons from the weddings was also there, in the actual plane with him. And as you know, when you're in a plane, there's music in there and there's يعني, sometimes there's air hostesses, there might be alcohol. And so the person who يعني, hosted the wedding, he was telling the sheikh, he's like, Allah, get out. <laughs> leave. And so this is يعني, a type of يعني, ignorance where it's, you're not able to leave. You have to travel from place to place. And sometimes there are certain things outside of it. So if you're able to leave, you have to leave. If you're unable to leave, you at least have to hate it. You have to hate it in your heart. And that is something that is very important. Another issue with this is we talked about that which is evil completely. We all know that it's evil. And if someone knows that something is evil. And we know that if something is a khilaf in it, there is a difference of opinion, you're not supposed to do it. However, if there is a khilaf, if there is a difference of opinion, but the difference isn't strong, do you do it or not? Do you do it or not? No. 
You don't take the difference. Ah, huh. no, I'm thinking this way. I've been talking about it for so long. Get out. If the difference of opinion is not strong, if it's not a valid difference of opinion, it's a qawl that is shad. It is a statement that is not to be taken into account. It has no weight. It has no validity. Then this difference of opinion does not count. So for instance, if someone gets a fatwa from 19, 1900s, then they first came out with a fatwa that's saying that يعني, smoking cigarettes is something that's not haram. It's not haram. And they use this difference of opinion. See, there's difference of opinion. Some of the people say it's not haram, right? And so they say it's makruh. And so if someone يعني, takes this opinion and tries to run with it, do we say over here you can't because he's got a valid opinion? Or he's got a difference of opinion? No. This is still something that isn't to be taken into account. This is now a point of nasiha that you have to give. And it is not something that you take and say, Oh, he's got something. I don't have to ordain the good and forbid the evil. So inshallah with this, just a very brief overview of ordaining the good and forbidding the evil. Brothers and sisters, you have to understand this is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon this ummah. And this is what establishes this deen upon our communities. And this is something that we hold our religion through by. And this is something that we have the haybah of this religion in. We revere and honor this religion through this means of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebuked the people of the past of Bani Israel for not commanding the good and forbidding the evil. And that was one of the reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will be punished. It is something that is very, very important. We want to be of the type of people who enjoin the good and forbid the evil if you are possible. And if you are not possible, then knowing that forbidding the evil is also from your heart. So you are all possible. It is all possible for you to do it. And forbidding the evil is also hating something from your heart. Very, very important. And as we know, that the person who doesn't hate it, and this is probably the biggest يعني, point that we need to take from this, is if someone glorifies something in their heart and does not hate it, then this is not ordaining the good and forbidding the evil, which means that this person has no iman in their heart. It's something that is very, very dangerous. It is a sign of the lack of iman. The, the devoid nature of this person's heart from iman is something that is scary. If someone glorifies the evil in their hearts, someone doesn't care about it, someone who wants it, يعني, deep down he wants it, this is something that is very dangerous. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify our hearts. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify ourselves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify our families. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify our communities. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be with those who are pure in al-firdaus al-ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Barakallahu feekum. Inshallah, if anyone has any questions, bismillah, tafadlu. But if anyone doesn't, ahlan wa sahlan, inshallah, we get to see you next week. Now we want to finish the book as much as, as quick as we can. Every week, inshallah, maybe in the last, before, um, before we get to the end, we might do a quick, every day, maybe one or two hadiths, inshallah, let's see. There's just one more narrator that we need to take after this. Everyone else we've taken. So now it's just we just finish the book. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.